You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mama told me, son, go and play in the yard. Mama said, go and play, you gotta break your stomach on the street real hard. Welcome to it. Welcome to Inside the Yard. A couple of Orioles broadcasters talking about the Orioles. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. And Jeff, on the program today, one of the top prospects in all the land. You may have heard of him. Catcher Adley Rutschman on the show. Yes, Brett, I have heard of him. And he <laughs> joins us and we, we talk to him about some of the stuff that, you know, you would expect where we, you know, go into the season, the expectations, and probably a lot of the questions he's gotten before. But I really enjoyed getting to to know what a younger Adley Rutschman is like, especially when he answered the question that you asked about what would your first grade teachers say about you? I thought that was a really funny answer. And so uh, some fun stuff with Adley Rutschman. And I think I learned a little bit more about him than, uh, than I had before. And we got to know him in a way that uh, I don't think uh, a lot of interviews have really explored with him. Yeah. And we'll also stay in the minor leagues with Steve Molesky from MassInSports.com. But quickly, Jeff, on the major league club right now, uh, these are the times that, Try men's souls, I guess, as they say. It's been a rough go. Uh, you know, it's obviously a frustrating time for everyone involved. Right. We, we all see how uh, not only the losses are, are piling up, but how they've lost based on some days it's hitting, pitching, bullpen. Some days it's defense, and that's where they are right now. That's what the frustrating thing is about it. Like, you go to Washington, and you hit the ball really well, but you struggle to pitch. And then we're taping this on a Tuesday following – Monday's game against the Twins, John Means is great, gives you seven innings of two-run baseball, and offensively, your approach isn't there, and then you come out of a rain delay, DJ Stewart hits a two-run homer, and it felt like the moment of, okay, it's over, the slide is over, and then you have some problems in the eighth inning where things got out of hand, so you're looking for a lot of answers right now, I think it's kind of a shout at the baseball gods kind of time for for Brandon Hyde and the, and the coaching staff and for a lot of players as well. Um, but, you know, they, they just have to hopefully find a way to, to get some more length from their starting pitchers. They got to hopefully some of the guys in the bullpen can turn it around a little bit um, because right now, you know, that's where a lot of your issues are. Um, but, you know, you're just hopeful that it's going to happen sooner rather than later because, uh, as you said, uh, these are the trying times of the season. The good news is, Anthony Santander is back, and he looks like Anthony Santander, hitting better than he did before he got hurt back on April 20th. The lineup itself starts to feel like it has some length to it a little bit with what Mullins is doing and Galvis, and then Mancini's obviously had this tremendous season. Santander, you're hoping Mountcastle and Hayes and DJ could even pick up a little more, but that's the good news. that They actually run production, hit production recently has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, it certainly has. And, you know, Trey Mancini has been the best story in baseball as far as I'm concerned this year. And he comes up with a bunch of RBIs. He's the first one in Major League Baseball to 40 RBIs this year. And this is coming off of a year where he didn't play at all. And, you know, inspiring people in his fight with colorectal cancer and all the great work that he's continuing to do with that. And now he's doing great work on the field. And he's been helping carry this offense and having Santander back provides you the length that you were missing for a month. And so that's been good to see. 
You know, Ryan Mountcastle's had some good moments. His May has definitely been better than his April was. Um, Michael Franco, he had a couple of good games offensively in Washington. Maybe he can get back to form. Um, but, you know, there are pieces, you know, I think on the offensive side where you feel like you're going to continue to be able to score some runs. Um, but now you need the pitching to, to step up a little bit. You need to, to continue to help out that bullpen as I think that that heavy workload is caught up to him. All right. Before we get to Mr. Rutschman, I want to tell you about the Orioles ticket marketplace. You can get all the best Orioles ticket deals in one place, including single game tickets, ticket packs, special offers, and more. We got you covered at the Orioles ticket marketplace. This is your place to score exclusive deals. So check back often for the latest opportunities. Don't wait to purchase last minute at the box office. Ticket prices are the same at Orioles.com slash tickets to purchase. Joining us right now on Inside the Yard is one of the best prospects in all of professional baseball, Orioles catching prospect for the AA Bowie Bay Sox. Adley Rutschman is with us on Inside the Yard. Adley, how are you? Good. How you doing, Brett? I'm doing well. So how would you assess your first few weeks in uh, AA ball? It's uh, It's been a process and just getting accustomed to playing baseball again every day has been fun and uh, just trying to enjoy it and take in having fans again and everything. It's been, it's been awesome. So I'm, I'm just happy to be playing again. What have you noticed about the level of competition at double A and what have been some of the adjustments that you've had to make? I mean, as you, as you go up, the baseball just gets better. Everything uh, becomes finer and there's less room for error. So I guess just keep on elevating your game. Uh, that's the biggest thing. And you just got to play better and uh, you get fewer pitches to hit. And everything just becomes a little bit, uh, a little bit tougher. So uh, I feel like that's just kind of an overall sense of, of what's going on. And um, like I said, it's been fun, but uh, just looking forward to the rest of the year. So for you, you, you've always been known as a patient hitter. You've displayed that a lot in your minor league career. And this year among the walk leaders in your league is, is it hard kind of staying patient when I know there's so much pressure for you to produce and get a lot of hits and, you know, keep kind of slamming the ball around, or is that easy for you to stay patient at the plate and earn your walks? Uh, patience is never easy, but um, I think staying with a process that you have at the plate and making sure that you go to the, the plate with the same mindset in which you decide before the game, whenever you're thinking about, what you want to do at the plate uh, makes it a lot easier. If you don't have those conversations with yourself and if you don't know what your approach is going in, I feel like that's when it, it tends to speed up on you and get a little tougher. You swing at pitches out of the zone and whatnot. Or if you're just not feeling very good at the plate. In terms of some of the catching stuff that you've done so far, how has it been working with a, a pretty talented group of starting pitchers? I mean, Kyle Bradish has already been uh, sent up to AAA and DL Hall's had a couple of good starts. How has it been working with that talented group of uh, young pitchers in Bowie? It's been awesome. Uh, the pitchers are just unbelievable. They all have very unique personalities and very unique ways in which they go about their business. So it's fun on my end to see how they do that and just what makes them tick every single day. And 
uh, getting to talk with them about how they want to attack hitters, what their approach is on the mound and how I can help as far as uh, setup goes and pitch calling. Uh, it just makes for a fun time. And those guys are learning so much and they're so advanced already. So I'm just really excited to see what what's in store for all of them and to see them move up and do great things because they're all great guys as well. Adley, obviously you're aware of the expectations on you as the first overall pick in 2019, but also as, as any number one pick would, you enter a club that is struggling right now. They have not shied away from the word rebuild and the fans have really grabbed onto you and the rest of the system as hope. Do you feel that? Do you sense that? Are you aware of it every night? Go kind of go through the expectations game. Um, the expectations are always have always been there. They're always going to be there. And I feel like the expectations that I put on myself are always going to be more than any, than anyone can put on me. So I feel like that makes it a little easier from that standpoint, but really I think the Orioles minor league system right now is so process oriented that the expectations of course are there, but the process we have is just is so good and so centered on, on learning and getting better. And uh, I feel like the results come because of that. And we know that. So the expectations kind of, instead of being just noise and, and a weight down on your shoulders, it's almost like um, we embrace everything as an opportunity, as opposed to, we got to, we got to get to this point. So having that um, I think makes for camaraderie in in the dugouts in the clubhouse and just excitement overall on on everyone's end and everyone's just excited to come to the field every day and, and work and get better and when you have that kind of excitement rolling around then it makes baseball fun and it makes learning and opportunities um, exciting one of the things that you have learned and some of the things that the mental uh, skills coach that you all work with has has talked about is just feeling blessed to be able to play baseball every day as a way to keep things in perspective, especially when things may not be going so well. Um, you talked about that. Have you always felt that way about playing baseball and maybe some of the pressure and some of the different things that, you know, have been put on your shoulders? Have you always um, kind of used that as a mechanism to, to counteract? Well, I had an 0 for 4 day and wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but at the same time, we're playing baseball and that's a heck of a lot better than what most people are doing for a living. Yeah, I think uh, I've, I haven't always had that mindset and it's not like I go through every day and I just think about that, especially if I just have a strikeout or something. But I think having that in the back of your head and, and reminding yourself of that as often as you can um, really starts to create that foundation to fall back on and creates kind of an identity of, of who you are as a person and I think that really shows more than anything, uh, but it definitely doesn't come easy. And it's not, it's not just like, Oh, well, he struck out. That's exactly what he's thinking. But I think having that overall perspective um, really creates that sense of enjoyment in the game and, um, you know, allows you to just feel, um, you know, fortunate to, to play baseball. So, yeah. Uh, but I haven't always had that, and it's always a process to keep learning. Adley, over the last few years, prospect rankings from different publications have just gone up exponentially. I think they update them like every day now for Baseball America and Pipeline and Prospectus and all these places. Do you look at it? I mean, obviously, you're going to be in the top three in every publication, but are you ever like, darn, I'm number two today. 
Wander Franco beat me again at one. I mean, do you care? Do you pay attention? Uh, no, I don't look at it at all. Because Yeah, I, I don't look at it at all. It's all, like I said, for me, it's all process and it's all just trying to get better every day. And I think, you know, all that stuff is just kind of byproducts and um, stuff I can't really control in, in a sense. So, yeah. Tell us about Adley Rutschman, who is not the baseball player. Um, if you were to go out and, and just do something on an off day and um, were to hang out with your friends, um, what would they say about you? Um, I'm, I'm high energy, high motor. Uh, I gotta be, gotta be doing something social. And, uh, so whether it's like golf or hiking, doing some activity together, um, you know, getting some food to go and, you know, it's, uh, I always gotta be doing something. I can't just sit around. So that's, that's kind of me off the field and uh, which is very different from the games. I feel like during the games, I just, I don't really talk a whole lot. It's kind of serious all business type of thing but um once i get off the field it's it's fun exciting and i just like to do stuff and be outgoing could you hit a 50-yard field goal today if given the opportunity yeah 55 uh i I don't know about that see see what kind of football we're working with but okay but 50 we feel good about 50 yeah i feel good about 50 in terms of, let's take you back to the beginning when you were playing baseball as a kid. You know, what do you remember about the first time you picked up a bat and you were getting started? Did you fall in love with the game right away? Um, or is it something that developed over time? I think being surrounded uh, with baseball at a young age because my dad coached. So I would come to the games and be in the dugout, be the bat boy. I think that led to a lot of it. Um and that was always my decision too, because I feel like I just wanted to be like my dad at a young age and the love for baseball just kind of came with that. Uh, but he never really forced it upon me or anything. So the love kind of came naturally in a sense. But when I was really, really young, I, I didn't, I guess, three or four years old, I was big into like outdoors and just catching snakes in my backyard and stuff. And we had like a wetlands in our backyard. So I just kind of go explore down there. But um, as soon as I picked up a bat, I think when I was four, it was over from there on. I was just baseball, baseball, baseball. When did you start switch hitting? So I started switch hitting in third, fourth grade. I would do through, um, I guess, okay, third, fourth grade until eighth grade, I would do like 10 ABs a year left-handed because I was a natural righty and I just wasn't as good left-handed. So I didn't want to hit left-handed. And then my freshman year of high school, I made the full-time commitment to going left on right, right on left. And um, since there's so many righties, especially at the high school level, uh, you're batting left-handed much more often than uh, you're batting right-handed. So uh, I got a lot of work in left-handed. A lot has been made of your leadership skills when you were growing up. Were you the captain of the baseball team? Were you student council president? Were you always a leader in maybe a baseball and a non-baseball sense um, like you're viewed as now? Uh, growing up, is, it was kind of interesting. I feel like I was always uh, – my dad wanted me to lead by example – and so I would always, as far as work ethic goes, I'd always try and be that guy who was, um, you know, 
giving hard 90s and, um, you know, working hard off the field, doing all the little things right. And um, so that's kind of how I feel like you start from there. And, uh, you know, the leadership skills and the stuff that you kind of learn about when you're older, I feel like they, they come with time. But as far as me at a young age, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't know how to talk to people. And you're just kind of trying to set an example more than be a leader. And I feel like that's all you can do. But once you start to hit high school and you can actually learn and understand the concept of leadership, that's when you can work on it and uh, become better at it. So, How often uh, your, your family is obviously in Oregon. You grew up far away from the mid-Atlantic region in, in the Northwest. Uh, how often can they come and, and watch you play this summer? Um, uh, they come out and, and uh, as, as much as they can, uh, they're busy. But uh, if they can, I think they'll come out for a couple series uh, this year. And um, especially with some of the uh, protocols and vaccines and whatnot, making it easier uh, to watch people play. And um, I think they'll try and get to as many games as they can. Last one for me, Adley. Um, when you take a look at maybe some of the, the things that you're excited for going into the rest of the season, you know, what are some, what are some things and some moments and some, some stuff that, that you're pumped for for at the rest of the baseball season? I mean, it's great probably to be back with the guys. Um, it's great probably to have an opportunity to, to play baseball every day, but what are some things that you're excited about for the rest of this 2021 season? Well, so I, I think there's a lot of things, uh, but one of the cool parts about minor league baseball is, is the fact that you get to go to, you know, travel to cities that you never really have been to before and get to explore the country kind of in a new way. And so that's kind of a side, a side thing that is actually you learn to appreciate over time is just you're going to places that you would never really go um, outside of minor league baseball. But I think just the, the journey of this year and playing 120 games straight is such a cool thing. And it's a learning opportunity and something I've never done before. So just getting that time to spend with the guys, create those relationships and uh, just go to get go through it together as a team. Um, I think that's the most exciting part and um, definitely something to look forward to. All right, Adley, it's time for our fun five baseball questions. Uh, are you ready? Hit me. All right. Favorite baseball movie? The Natural. High school senior year batting average? 370. How many bombs did you hit? Two. Not very many. Most no, three. Three. Sorry. <laughs> uh, most influential baseball person in your life? My dad. Name one talent or hobby you have outside of baseball? Golf. What's your handicap? Probably about a 12 during the off season. And then what would your first grade teacher say about young Adley Rutschman? Spaz. <laughs> Out of control. Just a wild man? Just, yeah, un unpredictable. <laughs> Well, Adley, we really appreciate your time. Best of luck and health the rest of the way. And hopefully we can catch up soon. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Brett.
Birdland, experience and owns game with the convenience and privacy of your own suite. A variety of affordable single-game suites throughout the ballpark are available. Enjoy exclusive access to the game with climate-controlled interior seating, a private restroom, and comfortable outside seating. Visit Orioles.com slash suites for more information. And with us right now for our insider segment is MassInSports.com, Steve Molesky. And Steve, thank you so much for coming on. You got it, guys. Happy to be with you. Well, we just talked to Adley Rutschman, and you have followed the Orioles minor leagues forever and a day. As far as how he handles the expectations, I, you know, to me, I, I didn't really know Matt Wieters at that point, but there's just this calm demeanor for a guy who's already uh, so so famous, I guess, to put it that way. I, to me, that's what's right. so impressive about him. He's so grounded. I think a lot of that started at Oregon State. You know, the expectations were enormous then. You know, the guy was the MVP in the College World Series. Um, uh, and then his junior year, there were several high draft picks who left Oregon State. So it was like Adley and a, and a lesser lineup, and he put up better numbers you know, with all the focus that he might go 1-1. And so, uh, and, and, and I, had, I worked at Florida State for a few years calling games, and I know what it's like at a, at a big baseball school where expectations are high. There's pressure on those kids in those big conferences. So I think that's where Adley really learned to deal with it that's serving them well now. Kyle Bradish is somebody that, you know, Steve, you've written about, and – three excellent starts when he was at Bowie and now he's up at triple a Norfolk. Um, how close of attention should we be paying to, to Kyle Bradish and um, maybe thinking about when he could possibly be making an Orioles debut this year? Well, you know, it's exciting the start he's had Jeff. And um, we started hearing late last summer about how good he looked at the alternate camp. You know, obviously there were no stats or games or anything to track, but, the people there, the Orioles staff was really impressed. He was showing mid nineties, which was maybe a little more than scouting reports had said he had uh, excellent breaking balls. He's got two breaking balls that are plus his curveballs getting a lot of swing and miss right now. And so he got off to such a stunning start at Bowie 13 and two thirds scoreless with a K rate of 17. <laughs> he struck out 26 in 13.2. Uh, that they realized, let's just move him up now. He is a college draft pick. He's 24, so let's get on with it. Send him to AAA. I asked somebody in the organization, did the fact that AAA struggling a bit to pitch have anything to do with this? And they said, nah, this was more about Bradish and what you know we need to do right by him. So it's going to be exciting to see what he does. Uh, he's number 12 prospect for both MLB and Baseball America. And right now he's making the Dylan Bundy trade look pretty good. It's interesting. Every time Mike Elias is asked about arms that could get here this year to Baltimore, he always mentions Mike Bauman. Mike Bauman will, as we record this, make his third rehab start tonight. He's advanced in his rehab to double A buoy. And he's really, if you look at the 40 man, one of the few right-handed pitching prospects uh, who is on that 40 man roster right now. And I, we talked to Mike Elias on television a few days ago, or I guess now it's been a week or so. And he said, I would expect to see Bauman in Baltimore sooner rather than later. And I guess he's off to a good start in his rehab. He is. And I mean, he, he has one of the best arms in the organization. I don't think there's any uh, buddy who would doubt that. I mean, the guy has touched the mid, uh, touched the high nineties with his fastball, wipeout sliders, already pitched a no hitter, seven inning, no hitter for the Bay Sox. 
Um, and so the Orioles just know this is a great arm and, and could be a starter, could be a reliever. I mean, there are people who envision Bauman as a wipeout closer later in his career, or an eighth inning setup guy coming in, throwing gas. So uh, could be a multi-inning guy because of his starter background. So a lot of ways to go with him, just knocking on wood that he continues the health. Uh, and we, he will be knocking on the door before too long, I think. Who's somebody maybe fans should be paying attention to in the minor leagues who may not show up on the prospect list or may not be getting uh, quite as much attention as, say, somebody like uh, a Bradish or a Rutschman or a D.L. Hall who's also gotten off to a good start at Bowie? Who's, who's somebody that has been on your radar at the start of the season? You know, he, I think he's on the back end of the top 30, but I, I get asked this a lot, and Drew Rahm is the guy I bring up. He did not have a good outing in his last outing pitching at Aberdeen, um, but there's real pitchability there. He's not a fast thrower, um, but he's a guy who really knows how to use his pitches. He's got some advanced knowledge. I think the analytics have been good for him. Um, he was a high school draft pick, so he's younger uh, as he moves up, you know. And so uh, he, he gets some mention, um, but not a lot because, you know, we focus on those top 10 guys so much. And, and anymore, if you're ranked 15th, you don't get talked about very often. Uh, but I think he's, he could be someone to watch. Um, and there are a bunch of guys on the, you know, one guy who's had a great start for Del Marva is J.D. Mundy. He's their first baseman. He was not drafted last year. The Orioles signed him after the draft. And remember, we thought there's going to be some good players teams can get that would have been drafted if it was 20 or 30 rounds. And the Orioles have several doing well. Dylan Harris is at Delmarva. He was signed after the draft out of North Carolina. J.D. Mundy is out of Radford. He's got some power in his bat. He's a pretty good plate discipline guy. He's been a big part of all the runs Delmarva is scoring right now. And so it'll be interesting to see. You know, he's a little older there. He's a college guy, senior so we'll see if they move him along a little bit as we get going. Steve, I don't think any two prospects could perform better and get off to a better professional start than Jordan Westberg and Gunnar Henderson in Delmarva right now. I don't know how it's going to map out long-term, who's at short, who's at third, but uh, those are two guys that I think are at the, you know, maybe next to Adley at the top of the excitement list right now for fans. And Gunner, as you guys know, is getting into the top 100s now as they graduate players off the list. He creeped into the back end of the Baseball America list. No surprise, because we all thought he's going to be the next top 100, and here he is. And, you know, 19 years old doing what he's doing. Um, and Patrick Jones had a conversation with him recently, the hitting coach of the Shorebirds, said one of the things that's most exciting about Gunner is his acumen for hitting, his knowledge of hitting, his thirst to learn more. He says they'll stand in the dugout, watch someone else bat, and try to guess what pitches are going to be thrown. And, you know, Gunner's just really always pumping him for information. So this kid, in addition to being driven and having a lot of talent, is pretty smart. And, you know, Jordan Westberg's a little older, maybe a little more advanced because of his college career. But, I mean, he's off to a special start, too. And um, it's just been really exciting. Servideo there at Delmarva, he has the best walk rate of any player in all of minor league baseball right now. And Delmarva's got, I think, a couple 500 on base guys. I mean, it's kind of crazy some of the stats they put up there. They're averaging 7.8 runs a game, guys. Is that any good? 
See, I'll close up by asking you about Grayson Rodriguez, you know, another one of those top 10 guys. And it would obviously hurt last year that you didn't have a minor league season, but how encouraging is it that first four starts, 2-0, 147 earned run average, putting up good numbers at, at Aberdeen and a guy that everyone expects to move through pretty quickly. Um, do you expect that maybe at some point we're going to see him at double at A, maybe uh, pitching alongside D.L. Hall at some point this year? I think that's pretty certain um, with the path he's on because he's starting to show dominance there at that level. And I think the Orioles were right to not skip him a level. You know, he last pitched at Delmarva when we had minor league baseball. And so being a high school kid, you, you can always start him out where he is and bump him in a month or two. And there he's at double A, which is where, very well how that may play out because kind of like Gunner, this is a young kid who's checking every box. He's very driven. Again, he's very smart. He's soaking up analytics. He's very big. He's going to grow into that body. I mean, he, you look at him and you just see a durable 200-inning starter who might be a one or two down the road. And, you know, that's what Oriole fans, I think, can dream on right now. Uh, Hall and Grayson joining John Means one day in a star-studded homegrown rotation. And I've had people that I've seen Bradish this year tell me when he's at his best, he's in a class with DL and Grayson. And so, again, I, I don't want to oversell or hype these guys. This is just opinions from people in the game who know more about than I do, who when I talk to them, I trust what they have to say. Steve Molesky from MassinSports.com. Uh, always a great conversation, a great read uh, at MassinSports.com. Thank you, Steve. You got it, guys. Celebrate your growing family or the newest O's fan in your life. A Baby Birds membership presented by MedStar Health. Members receive an Orioles bib and onesie as well as access to special offers. If your little O's fan was born at Harbor Hospital or Franklin Square Medical Center, you can access your complimentary membership using the code RECEIVE with your Orioles beanie. Visit orioles.com slash babybirds for more information. Well, I want to thank Steve Molesky from MassInSports.com and Adley Rutschman, who... I'm just going to guess, has a few interview requests every day. And listen, it's the expectations game, Jeff, and you've seen this so often uh, in your time covering the minor leagues and being a, a broadcaster where so many prospects come through. I've certainly observed it my own way, and you know uh, I, how much I've loved talking to prospects over the years. The expectations can be a burden. It can be really hard to navigate through as a young person, and you have this you know, giant signing bonus, the expectations of your hometown. There's just a lot there. And now you really have the weight of a fan base on you. The one thing I'll say about Adley, and it would be interesting to get your opinion on this, Jeff, but he just seems so grounded and he just seems so level. And I know he said he was a spaz as a first grader, but he just seems like he's, he gets it. He understands it, but he has this great ability to block it out. And he just seems very calm in his demeanor about the big picture. Yeah, and I think he has a sense as to when he was at Oregon State, it's a guy that very well could go 1-1. And I feel like the pressure now is probably higher than it's ever been before, not only because he's a 1-1. He's only the second 1-1 that the Orioles have ever had. We know the first one and Ben McDonald pretty well. 
And then you also have a team that's rebuilding, which, you know, a lot of teams that are getting one, one are, are in rebuilding mode. And I feel like, you know, this rebuild has been slowed down a little bit by the fact that you didn't have a minor league season last year, which was really, really tough for the Orioles. And then on top of that, you're also in a social media age and you're in a, an age where everybody wants to comment on everything. Everybody wants to say everything. Everybody's got access to all the box scores and now the video and they're watching an MILB TV and they're paying really close attention and they're dissecting things in a way that uh, the first one, one for the Orioles, Ben McDonald uh, didn't necessarily have to deal with when, when he was coming up, he didn't have to, he didn't have to deal with some of the stuff that Rutschman is dealing with right now, but um, it looks like he's he's off to a good start. Um, he's playing some first base too, which I think is a is a really good thing. He's working well with the pitching staff, a very talented group, and so that's been good to see. Um, but I think what everybody needs to remember is like it is a long season. Um, he's got time, and he will develop, and he will get to to Camden Yards at some point. When that point is going to be, we don't really know. Um, I know he's been asked that question before, and it's an impossible one to answer. And also not really his place to answer it and he he sidesteps it very very nicely um, but he's gonna do really good things and I, I feel like it you know him and Bowie this year is a good challenge for him gets a full minor league season in and um, it'll be fun to watch what he does but but I think he's handling um, that part of it as well as you possibly can and I think in many ways handling the expectations handling all the pressure handling all the people paying attention everybody's saying, how's Adley doing tonight? I mean, you know, you're looking at the the box scores and his is the first name that you're looking at yeah. every single day. And a lot of people are paying attention to him. So um, knowing that, I think he's handling as well as and anyone you, possibly You get could. it. The fan base grabbing on for hope where they can get it. And obviously this is someone who's not obscure. I mean, this is the first overall pick in 2019. And he was the best college baseball player on the best college team. But I think you make a great point. The expectations it, for for – if you are the star player at a good baseball program, the crowds you played in front of, the expectations of that big university, it, it, it's as big there as it could be. And that's why, you know, Ben always talks about Friday night pitchers in the SEC. There's already a built-in uh, ability to kind of handle expectations and the crowds. Yes, it's different than going to Yankee Stadium and, and playing in front of 45, but it's, it's something to build off of rather than, you know, rolling the dice on a high school player. But, you know, Bradley right now, as we talk, 61 at-bats, hitting 246, four homers. We've seen the videos. Some of them haven't landed yet. The 908 OPS, really driven by the volume of walks he's gotten, which is just a ton. And it looks like the average is coming on a little bit. But you love to see him hit for a few months. And then I assume at some point he's going to advance to AAA Norfolk. So we'll see what happens. But uh, he's walking a lot. He's really a big three true outcomes guy right now. Homers, strikeouts, and walks. And we'll see if he can start driving those base hits as well, but he's just been incredibly patient at the plate, which is what you want to see from such a young player early in his minor league career. But a lot of fun with Adley. It'll be fun to track him all season long. And I think at some point, whether it's this year or next, we'll see him in Baltimore, undoubtedly uh, behind the plates catching uh, for the Baltimore Orioles. But Jeff, great stuff. Uh, we have a lot of uh, radio series coming up, including starting tonight with the Chicago White Sox. And we'll see how it goes. We are almost at the unofficial one-third poll of the baseball season memorial day weekend amazingly speaking of which it is memorial day weekend so the salmon shorts coming out for this i think uh, we're there remote series are we there i think we're there i think we're there so the salmon uh, shorts with like the lobsters on them right don't tell anyone i'm wearing shorts when the Orioles on the road that's a secret that's just between us 
we're it, it's it's okay it's okay it's okay we're, 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 well, you know we we keep the decorum up pretty high okay. in our broadcast it's okay booth. when you're remote and you're yeah. going into camden yards there's nobody there now when yes. i start wearing flip-flops call me out on that oh i oh i certainly will that'll be uh that'll be uh you'll you'll, you'll have to answer for that one in kangaroo court all right. Uh, for Jeff Arnold, I'm Brett Hollander. Thank you so much for being with us on this edition of Inside the Yard. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team.